Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Pod Nuts World Service. Please let us know what you think and tell other people about us on social media. Podcasts from the Pod Nuts World Service are supported by Pod Nuts Ians and advertising. Hey, hey, Podnutsians, welcome to DDG episode 20. This is Door Door Geek owner, operator of Podnuts, hoping everybody had a good uh, new year, new holiday season. I feel like we're finally actually getting out of the holiday season. Um, I will say one thing that I am going to do differently tonight is I did post a link to the show on Patreon, Discord, IRC, and in our um, Mattermost server. <laughs> I am going to be taking up a couple breaks during this show on video on YouTube. This is being streamed on YouTube. Uh, I am going to take more than a couple breaks during the video show, really just to like take a break, take a sip, enjoy uh, my beverage of choice this evening. Uh, do, do not feel like if you're listening to audio that you are missing out in any shape, way, or form. Trust me when I say that. Uh, but I will say I'm going to take more than a couple breaks this episode. You, the audio listener, will perceive hopefully zero time has passed. Uh, but I'm going to allow if there's anybody in either the YouTube chat, the Mattermost server, the Discord server, the IRC server, or a Patreon posting, I will reply to you. I really should centralize that to one place. But what I'll say is I'll address it when it becomes an issue. So the only constant is change. The only constant in anything is change. So this is the change I'm doing right now. I'm going to do the show live. I'm going to post it to Patreon members exclusively kind of thing, but then farm the link out through Discord, through IRC. Uh, Patreon people already have it. YouTube people who are sub who are subscribed to, I believe it is youtube.com slash podnuts. Uh, you will also get a notice if you smash that subscribe and ring a ding, ding that bell or whatever those stupid YouTube people from today say, um, you click that link, then you'll be able to participate. At least if you want to ask questions off air, if you want, or if it's the kind of thing that you really do want to hang out and you really do want to talk, just let me know and we can get you connected. Cause right now I am currently connected to the pod nuts in air quotes, mumble server. Uh, where I'm doing the re um re um recording, I find the compression and some of the things it does to the audio actually simplifies the editing process at least a skosh a smidge. Uh, not to mention the fact that I can easily double record on multiple systems, which of course I forgot to do. And right now I'm going and clicking and I'm clicking and I'm clicking. So worst case scenario, I missed the first I think three minutes of the show. But I'll be able to get the first three minutes off of YouTube. That's why I record on multiple places. Uh, I have to first and foremost mention again, if anybody has any stresses, any things going on where they think they want to talk to somebody else about, do not hesitate, okay? You can give me a call. Uh, I will pick up the phone, but I always ask uh, you text me first. I don't pick up every phone call. I did install this application called Should I Answer? It's not done a very good job is what I'm going to say. So I'm not going to uh, say I'm going to pick up every phone call because I want to first know what's coming. You can call me at 
six eight eight nine. I don't care if you just want to BS if you want to talk or if you want to talk about possible plans for TechCon Unplugged. TechConUnplugged.com. Twenty nineteen TechCon will be happening at uh September twentieth through twenty second at Grand Rapids, Michigan. It is a podcast it is a event that's being put on for Jeff and Paco. Uh, I would encourage everybody to at least go just to support Jeff and Paco. Jeff and Paco have worked incredibly hard, not only for this event, which I think will be very obvious. They've worked very hard for Podnuts, the network as well. And I don't know if that is as obvious, but I can tell you that, yes, yes, indeed, it is. Um, Two really, really good guys, two really smart guys, two guys who really try to help everyone who they encounter. And that's what Podnuts is really about. Podnuts is about helping other people. Uh, this uh, uh, this event is going to be more focused on computer repair. And when I say more focused, I basically mean all of the talks are going to be about computer repair, the business, uh, how to get started, uh, and what to do if you're coming into issues like what RMM tool to pick, r- remote monitoring and management tool to pick, or just, you know, what are some marketing things that you can get done? Because we are going to have um, Matt Rodella from the Computer Business Marketing Podcast, who is an unbelievably nice guy, but he's equally as smart. So if you need help on marketing your company in any environment, he is a guy who can definitely help. Um, they do have uh, some of the things listed. They're going to fill out more as uh, the uh, information becomes a available they have a full uh schedule there uh it's going to be a uh, 199 dollars, which is also going to cover all uh food amenities and every talk which i think is a steal of a bargain uh it is a it is at uh grand rapids michigan in the holiday inn grand rapids airport r- resort so basically as soon as you you get off the plane voila it's right there uh they have a super cheap rate i want to say it was a, literally a hundred dollars a night which is a steal. So it's literally a two-night event. You can get by for $400, everything completely paid. As I've said on this show before, if you have any problems making money, contact me. I'll help you make money. If you can't afford $400 once in a year from nine months from now, we really do need to talk. There are definitely things you can do. Uh, I will also say that they do have a discount code for, I believe, uh, um, United Airlines, which is Z. G98. I will say personally, where every time I go look at flights, even with that code, um, I'm getting much cheaper rates by going to uh, google.com slash flights. Every airport will have different rates going there. Uh, I'm sure there are some people who you will be able to, to use this 2 to 10% di- discount code and get an actual pretty good rate. Uh, I'm honestly considering driving. I'm not going to lie. It's 11 hours away. 11 hours gives me a lot of time to listen to really good stuff or pick up somebody along the way who can't afford the trip. Uh, I'm going to be coming from the Maryland area, so I'll be passing through, I believe, Pennsylvania, just the edge, West Virginia, just the edge, Ohio, I don't know how much, Michigan, and I don't know what else. So if I do drive, that's going to be the route I take. Uh, Again, TechCon Unplugged. Uh, If you want to support PodNuts, to be honest, this is a good way to support PodNuts because Jeff and Paco, as far as I'm concerned, are family. And to support them is to support me. To support me is to support PodNuts. So I definitely encourage everyone to uh, go hang out if you want to. 
Uh, it'll be a really good time, really good people, and we can sit down, have a little brouhaha, and just have a good time. Um, I want to touch a little bit about health first, and uh, there's basically three links I wanted to go over really quick, and there are three YouTube videos. Okay, I'll start with health, I'm guessing, is fine. I don't feel bad. I don't feel great. I don't feel horrible. I feel normal, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, I've done a pretty good job with my diet. Not great. Uh, to uh, uh, be in full key, um, key, um, ketosis is a very difficult thing. Uh, for those who are new to this show, um, two years ago this March, I was at an event in Boston. Felt really sickly, n- nasty, n- nauseous, almost dizzy um, for like a day when I was up there. Came back, scheduled in a scheduled a uh, uh, a appointment with the doctor. Um, he told me I was diabetic. Uh, he, I've been pre-diabetic since the age of like 17, 18. Told me I was diabetic. Uh, I believe it was less than 30 days later. He had me go and take another blood test. And my numbers came down a lot because he was threatening me with insulin. Uh, and then he put me on metformin. Uh, he took me off metformin less than a year later. Um, and I, there were periods of that time where I spent at least a month or two in solid key, um, key, um, ketosis. Now, the long and the short of it is, is if you listen to the diet advice from a guy on YouTube solely, you're an idiot. So always consult with your doctor. Always try to contact a specialist. Always communicate with people smarter than me which isn't really super difficult, but, you know, you have to. Um, these were three videos I saw early on in the process because what happened was my doctor told me, avoid everything white. No potatoes, no rice, and no sugar. Um, no hard sugars. No bread, no potatoes, no rice, no hard sugars. That was the gist of it. Um that was in like the first 30 days. And uh, less than two months later, I figured out um, when he was telling me to avoid those three things, he was telling me basically avoid carbohydrates because it turns out carbohydrates are really nothing more than sugars. They shouldn't be called carbohydrates, kind of. They should be called long-chained sugars. Uh, but yes, carbohydrates is te- technically a better term, but for comprehension's sake, it really should be long-chained sugars. Um, so then I basically found out what I was eating, my diet, was almost the keto diet in air quotes. And this was way before keto was popular to any degree. I'll say that. And these were three videos that I found informative. And I'm not going to say I took them as scripture, if you will, but I did take them quite seriously is what I want to say. Um, they are on Vita Health, Virta Health, uh, uh, channel on YouTube, uh, Dr. Stephen Finney on nutritional ketosis and ketogenic diets, part one, part two, and basically part three. Um, here's the whole gist of it. I was diabetic. Clearly I was diabetic. Um, and you know, the only thing I is for sure at that point in time was I had a reason to stop sugar intake to a large degree. Yes, yes, your body should, still should have some sugar, but no, no, you should not be going crazy on sugar. And to hear a Hollywood celebrity who was a not really successful, yeah, I said it, 
fitness instructor tried to tell people on, I believe it was NBC and a couple other shows, how dangerous keto was and how stupid keto was. Uh, th- this was coming from somebody who basically their job was to torture people into doing over-exercise uh, and to call it health. Um, uh, and some extreme number of people that they followed up with who were on that show and who were successful put on a large amount of weight for two main reasons. One, they weren't getting tortured when they weren't on the show. But two, when you do that kind of routine to your body, you basically change your ma- um, ma- um, metabolism. And w- which made it even harder for them to keep weight off. Um, with, I found with me, with this diet at this time, it was a great help. <clears throat> I, I lost uh, basically 80 plus pounds over borderline 90 pounds on any given day. Some days it's up to like 93 pounds. I lost sometimes it's 88 pounds uh, because I waver. Uh, but there were definite spurts for like three, four months where I was completely keto. Um, and it technically takes, if you listen to this guy, about six weeks to get in for, for your body to get into full key, um, key, um, ketosis. And what ketosis means is your body has such a lack of sugars and carbohydrates, which are the two easiest things to turn into ATP, which is basically energy for your body, that your body then starts to create key, um, key, um, ketones that basically helps convert fat into ATP and energy. Um, like here's one of the stupid, um, facts. For instance, your brain quite probably, I'm going to say the most important organ in your body is literally almost all fat because that's what it is. Um, to have the Hollywood person try to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing is really bad as far as I'm concerned. Um, listen to subject matter experts who actually have years of research in this. And this guy at least has a couple years of research into this is what I'll say. Um, it, it is not easy. It is definitely difficult. Uh, I will say me personally, the last like 60 days, adhering to the diet has basically been easy. Uh, I've said no to pasta. I've said no to bread. I've said no to rice. I've said no to potatoes for basically so long that it's not difficult now to say I'm not eating that stuff. Trust me, it's still really good when I eat this stuff. I'm not you know, stupid or blind or dense or whatever. Um, but I will say watching these three videos at least gave me some knowledge about what was going on, how it's going on. And then for me, the reasons why I wanted those things going on in my body. Uh, I have a doctor's appointment here in uh, about a week where this is basically two years after he diagnosed me with diabetes. Uh, Every time I do my blood sugar, it's still around 92 to 96. Sometimes it's down in the 80s, but it's rare. Um, Even when he told me I didn't have to check my blood uh, basically at all again, unless I felt bad. I still check it at least once a week. It's about once a week because I bought a pack of needles that were like a hundred needles. So I might as well use them. Um, and it's, so I'm doing fine with that. I, uh, I still feel fine. My issue now with the diet isn't about what I eat, but it's really more along the lines of how much I eat because I love cheese. I love bacon. I love hot dogs. I love eggs. I love quiche. I love all that stuff. I love peanut butter. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can eat that has very low sugar 
and very low carbohydrates. Um, peanut butter is one of those things I honestly didn't realize until maybe a month and a half ago or so that each serving of peanut butter might have two to three grams of sugar. And if you really look around, you can find ones that are zero and one gram of sugar. And the carbs in them are really low, but they're higher in fat. And that's a real key to success with a keto diet. People often label it as a low carb diet. It's not. It's your most stringent on your carbs. You're less stringent on your proteins, but you're still stringent on your proteins. But you're really loosey-goosey on your fat, which I do have to say long-term cannot be good, but this is not long-term. Life is a long time. The only constant is change. Uh, And I'm going to adhere to this diet. Um, We have the doctor's appointment here in a week. And depending on what he tells me, I'm then going to start to shift. And my shift is going to definitely be having a little bit more proteins, a little bit more carbs, but I'm going to try to at least walk a little bit more. I've walked at least three days a week. Uh, I've timed it. It takes me less than an hour to do uh, just about five miles. Sometimes it's an hour, 15 minutes to do like five and a half miles. Sometimes it's like, uh, I want to say an hour to do like 4.4 miles was the worst I did um, with my step counter on my phone um which means even when it's like 30 degrees outside and i'm wearing a light jacket like it is not a heavy coat i still sweat at least a little bit so i uh, the key of exercise is not exercise exercise just means getting your heart rate up it doesn't mean running it doesn't mean doing stressful exercise it doesn't mean doing stair climbers it doesn't mean doing a doing a treadmill at this exact speed it's just about accelerating your heart rate for a period of time. And that's what I've been doing. I feel fine about it is what I'm going to say. Um, definitely have uh, partially torn meniscus in my knee. My left knee does not feel good uh, when I do those walks, but, you know, it doesn't feel horrible. Uh, both my ankles have calcium deposits, have torn l- ligaments. They don't feel great. Uh, and honestly, I'm feeling it in my hips now, which is newer. Um, but, um, I'm, I'm not over exerting myself. I think I'm exerting myself quote unquote, just enough, but the only constant is change, which means is in the future, if I do this, I'm going to keep doing a little bit more and keep exerting myself more until the point to where I'm actually running. And that's something I'm not looking forward to is what I want to say, uh, because I did it too much as a kid, but then when I did it, it was for my life. At least it felt like it. Um, but if you want basic information on the keto diet, here's one of the things I heavily, heavily encourage you. Do not Google search and just start clicking random links. Do not, um, you know, see something on Facebook or whatever and just start clicking it and reading it. Do not trust any celebrity telling you anything. They're celebrities off of just pure random chance. Nobody who is a celebrity earned any right to be a celebrity. It wasn't like they had to pass that test. It wasn't like they had to pass an IQ test. It wasn't like they had to pass some sort of thing. They just were in the right place at the right time and got lucky. So do not listen to them. They are no smarter than you. They are no smarter than me. They are no smarter than anybody else. Um, But these videos I thought were at least informative. Uh, There was another video I can't seem to find. It was with a South African doctor who had like, I want to say it was eight years of uh, studies where he was showing statistically for a group, and it was at least 200. I want to say it was like four or 500 uh, people over that length of time where he showed cholesterol cholesterol levels plummeting, uh, but he also showed, yeah, of course, the obvious blood sugars 
looking great, weight looking great, uh, and a whole bunch of other numbers were just flat out better. He was shocked and amazed at least how good uh, people's numbers were, and the South African government was basically trying to hide it because it didn't adhere to what the big businesses were down there. Yeah, and it is uh, January 27th as I talk to you guys now. Um, I will say one of the things that did happen was the Super Blood Wolf Moon, which every time I heard it, I literally like cringed because it seemed like fantastical stuff that um, I was afraid how people were going to take it. And it does seem like there was a lot of fluff i'll say in hoopla just because it had the name super blood wolf moon and i uh had at least one of my nephews over the night of the eclipse and i made sure i told them all early like six o'clock and um i said look there's a a event happening tonight uh that is a uh lunar e um e e eclipse i don't think another one happens for another two years if you guys can stay up, which of course is like, you know, it's like crack cocaine to them. If you can stay up, we can see what it's like. And I think it'll be pretty cool. Uh, uh, my both kids and my one nephew did stay up and we did l- look at it. Uh, the only time I could have their attention clearly without any question was when they were looking up at the moon. And unfortunately, it was n- nearly directly overhead, which was, which just made it a little bit more difficult to look at. Because it was literally di- directly overhead. If it was closer to a 45 degree angle, I think they would have uh, honestly enjoyed it more because they could have just looked n- normally at it. Um, and it was freezing cold. I want to say we really didn't get the full effects of the actual eclipse until about 1130. Um, and that's when they really started to get at least, you know, excited about it and talking about it. But I, being a nerd, First and foremost, I wanted to make sure they understood the verbiage of super blood wolf moon because it sounds supernatural. It sounds to me like something, when I hear it, nonsensical. What the hell are you talking about? And I was almost upset at people always saying it. Part of the reason I was upset because nobody I heard saying it was explaining what it was. And again, I listen to 150 podcasts to about 20 hours a day on average of podcasts. That doesn't count the 10 plus hours of news a day I listen to. So I listen to everything sped up. So, you know, you'll have that. So I definitely wanted to make sure that my kids understood what it was meant because it was at least a little bit different. Uh, super moon. Okay, it, it actually should have been super comma blood comma wolf moon because there were three different things going on at the same time that's why at least this through a astronomical viewpoint was a quote-unquote special event every eclipse is a special event let's just get that out there but this one was just a little bit more special okay super moon you have to think of a donut okay now if you had to go down like the point of an atom and you were just looking at a donut and you had to guess where was the dead center in that hole of that donut. No matter what, you ain't going to be right. You're going to be off. Because to have a perfect eclipse, a perfect circle around our planet is near impossible. Okay, It just doesn't happen. So procession comes into play. Procession is the amount of wobble, weeble, wobble, and tilt with the moon in relation to us. That's all you got to know. 
Um, and so what that means is at different points of time, that means that the moon is closer or further from us. So with this super moon, it was at a closer place than it is on average. It was among the closest place it can be to us during that time. So not only do we have a um, 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 eclipse, it it was also closer to us. Um, The actual percentage of increase is extremely low is what I'm going to say. It is not much whatsoever. They literally have a um, picture on the Wikipedia page about supermoons. Um, it is not visibly much closer whatsoever. I can tell you at least cognitively, when I looked up at the moon at like eight o'clock at night, it seemed a hell of a lot brighter. I don't know if it was. I can tell you this though. One of the things my dad said, an old gritty, I'm not going to say gritty, retired Baltimore city cop. He believed the reason there was any increased activity on a full moon had nothing to do with the moon actually being full, but it had to be with the amount of light that was transmitted back down in the dark places of the city and where he was at. Uh, he believed the easier it was for people to see, the easier it was for them to commit crimes. Just like when you had really bad snow, the crime level plummeted because, you know, it's too damn cold. And you could just, you know, follow the people's tracks back to where they were at. Um, so the actual percentage of change in the supermoon is not really noticeable it seemed brighter to me they said it seemed brighter to them but you know they're kids there's a reason kids can't vote because they're kids and they don't have any judgments or actual intelligence yet okay but that's only the first part super blood wolf moon okay a lunar eclipse i don't want to say all of them but a lot of them are now basically classified as blood moons and the reason being is two reasons if i read this correctly if i'm not sure um one when the moon is partially covered up by the earth because they um basically if we're going from closest to furthest at the center point we have the sun then it was us then it was the moon so basically we were going in between the moon and the sun when we're partially there the haze the grit whatever of the atmosphere does change the temperature, the color of what is being then sent to the moon. But also because of light being bent, light being refracted, being split out, you see a light diffusion, which is also reminiscent to redshift, if I believe. I'm not positive about that, but I believe it was because of the redshift. It basically looked dirty. It looked grungy. It looked very dark brownish red. And so it's called a blood moon. My youngest son thought that was the most fascinating part of it. He said, you know why they call it a blood moon, Dad? Because it looks like a drop of blood. Uh, he's going far in the world, isn't he? But So that was the second part, super blood wolf moon. Super because it's closer to the Earth, just a smidge, just a skosh. It appeared brighter to me, at least when I, I looked at it. A, a blood moon because a eclipse at night, the sun, the clouds, the pollution, the pollutants, the refraction, the gravity of the earth, the spreading of light waves, all that stuff is just going into the first two parts, super blood. To me, here was the most important part. I wanted to make sure my children at least understood. And this was one of the things that actually did not have a, um, have a separate part to. And I knew when I did this, it was not going to find it correctly. Uh, I'm upset. 
I'll see if I can get a good link at least. Um, a wolf moon is a old Native American, American Indian. I'm not really sure what to call them these days. The people who got murdered and killed because of the white man's ignorance and disease. Those people used to call the full moon that would happen around uh, late December, January, and February the wolf moon because when the moon was at its brightest before the eclipse, the wolves would be extra active and because they were hungry, because this is the coldest time of the year, they were even more active, so they would howl a lot. I'm not sure if that's actually what happens, but it sounds damn plausible to me. So because of this astronomical event, it looked brighter, it looked closer, then it looked red, then it was covered up, then it was gone, then it came back, you know, all this stuff, and then the wolves would howl incessantly because of this and because of the time of year and because they were starving. I thought this was actually pretty awesome, very cool. It's one of those events you don't get to do very often. The other eclipse that happened, I really didn't care about because I was working. I like to work when I'm working. And I'm not looking at the sun. I don't care where I'm buying the glasses at. My eyes are bad enough. I'm not looking at the sun. So we did that. We had fun. I honestly can't wait for the next one because I would much rather look at these things at night than during the day. I'll just say that. I don't want to look directly at the sun under any circumstance because when I was young, I'm sure I was stupid enough to look at it. Uh, with the lunar eclipse, I think there's a mystique about it that I just think is cool. Um, I had fun. Kids had fun. Uh, I think it was just a good time. Um, they were freezing, though. Um, they could only stand outside for like a minute or two. Then they had to run back in the house and warm up. Uh, and I showed my oldest one, turn the sink downstairs on hot, walk away, give it a minute or two. After it got really hot, just tap the cold a little bit and then put your hand underneath it and just don't move them and just let them, you know, soak up that heat and then rub them a little bit. But then the most important thing is you got to dry them off really good or else they're going to feel twice as cold. So the kids were doing that, getting their hands warm, drying off, and then waiting another minute or two before they went back out. Um, I thought it was really cool. Um, more than one friend said it looked much better than anything I saw on Twitter. Um, so, you know, you can see the event in a YouTube video. You, you can see the event in a Twitter post. But to actually see it with your own eyes. I think makes it a little, little bit more impactful. So I thought that was pretty cool. When you got to go to the bathroom, you got to go to the bathroom. And you'll have that. Yeah. I've never been one to ask for live interactions or contributions just because it's super difficult to listen, talk, read, and write at the same time. That's why I'm thinking about doing these breaks during the show. So people do want to watch live. When people do want to interact live, uh, this will be the dead time when, you know, you can either ask questions or ask to drop in the mumble chat. I can give you the creds and then, you know, we can talk about something that was just talked about or talk about something completely different. And then I can go back to recording or if you want to be on, you can. There's no hating. I just got to write down the times. That, that's the gimmick. Because I'm using mumble, there's no uh, bookmarking feature. If I was using Audacity. I could control M and set bookmarks, but the last couple times I recorded with Audacity, some random time into the recording, sometimes it was 5 or 10 minutes, sometimes it was 40 minutes, the audio would actually slow down in, I don't know, tempo, pitch, hertz, 
baud rate? I don't know. Frame rate, something would drop and I would start to, and I had to catch it. And then I had to keep increasing the tempo until it sounded correctly. It never happens with Audacity when I'm with other people. So I had to believe it was the extra keystrokes I was doing with DDG that was causing it. I don't know what that was. So I'm, re- I'm just recording through Mumble now. I could do it in Discord too, but honestly, I feel like the mumble quality is a touch better, which shouldn't be the case because mumble is using Opus and everything mumble is doing is in clear and open source. So if it was better than Discord could just integrate the back end into their service, but I don't think they are or they think theirs is better. I don't know. Okay, so at least in one episode previously, I talked about how, and I don't mean this as an insult to any people, but even the poor people in the United States of America really aren't poor. Um, now the one who are completely impoverished, the ones that literally have nothing, of, of course you are poor. And the worst thing is you see stuff all around you that reminds you that you're not poor um, or that you are poor and that you're not at all well off have nothing to do. But even if you're getting paid $11 an hour, which I don't think is super, super complicated, I do think making that, you know, eight to nine, nine to 10 hours is not easy. It requires effort and work. But once you're making at least $11 an hour in the United States of America, you're in the 1% of the world, which is a pretty phenomenal task. And with that stated, I'll say right now we live at the time of basically the greatest amount of economic freedom and personal freedom that's ever been seen in the world's history. We also have the largest amount of people and the largest percentage of people in the world's history who live with the greatest luxuries and the greatest um, um, uh, like mode of life, benefit of life, way of life. Um, and this was one of the websites I found. It was a world poverty clock. I'm sorry, worldpoverty.io. And it's basically a live and ongoing estimation of people going in and coming out of poverty, which, first off, it's amazing that we have such information available to us that, 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 that we're even able to extrapolate such a thing. But we are. And what I'll say is if you watch this for any length of time, you'll see a lot of people in India, China, Philippines, Bangladesh, are basically coming out of poverty literally like every second. Uh, we have people who are going in in some ways to poverty, but uh, if you take a look in their one-day stats, it's 11.44 at night right now. 83,000 people today escaped poverty. 18,000 people today fell into poverty, which just means as a whole, as a globe, as a humanity, as a people, we are still on the right trend. I understand if you're downtrodden, if you're not well off right now, this does not seem reassuring, nor does it seem accurate. But I can guarantee you, uh, we we just see what is right around us, uh, and we tend to just believe things that we really want to believe. But as a whole, people in the world are much better. It's literally, like the Beatles said, it's getting better all the time. Um, part of the reason I believe it's getting better all the time because of the economic uh, professors I've been listening to here r- recently, uh, if you just want a brief, brief, uh, off-tangible mention that will come back in a later show, uh, Adam Smith was basically the father of modern economics. He established uh, in his writings that open freight 
open trade and free trade and uh, people to have the freedom and independence uh, allotted to them would equate to better societies, better culture, richer societies as a whole. And so far, at least, he's been proven mostly right. Uh, every place, there's been no existence of the like great numbers of people escaping poverty when free trade and free economics and free enterprising uh, wasn't basically let loose. Um, I will also say Milton Freeman made it a great point to completely say over and over again, he isn't pro-business. He's pro-economy. He's pro-free enterprise. Uh, being uh, Saying that you're pro-business could be taken that means that you're pro-big business. I'm not pro-big business. He was not pro-big business. He was pro-free economy, free markets, free enterprise. Competition is really the number one thing that can really drive um, for everybody to improve and for prices to go down and remain competitive. Uh, and this site, at least, was a reminder. I keep lo looking back every now and then. And um, at least I see humanity is going in the right direction. It doesn't mean we're going in the, to that direction fast enough, but at least we're going in the right direction. Um, I think I think this is going to be a couple quickies. Um, the next link is really just something I wanted to put a link because half the time, uh, whenever I want to go and do something, I stop and say to myself, didn't I talk about that on X show? So then what I do is I go to Google, I search for hy hypothetically uh, DDG space poverty clock, and then I'll be able to find this URL really quickly. So this is just one of those things coming up next. Um, this is called Twisted Wave, twistedwave.com. It is a browser-based audio editor. Uh, for a long time, because you got to remember, I had one of the original CR48 uh, Chromebooks directly from Google. I was like a beta tester for that. Um, and I really wanted there to be more functionality on web browser-based uh, browser services. Uh, there is a couple audio editors out there. I wasn't really amazed by any of them. Uh, I will say even now I use multiple audio editors because I use uh, certain ones for noise cancellation, certain ones for compression, certain ones for a arrangement, and then another one again for transcoding. And it still is a really quick audio editing process, uh, but I use the right tool for the right job. Sometimes it's easier to put the hammer down and pick up a screwdriver, drop that, and then pick up a wrench get something done instead of trying to use one tool the entire time to get something done. Uh, so I'm going to try this demo here, twistedwave.com. Um, you can basically drop a file and you can start playing with it. Uh, there is a free account you can do. I, uh, I don't know. I have very low expectations for this. I doubt it's going to be able to take any place of anything I do, but I do at least find it interesting. Um, and then immediately going to another thing I thought was incredibly interesting was it was basically a uh, dinosaur find accidentally by miners in Canada. Um, and it's almost insane the type of preservation you see with this dinosaur. It's basically the dinosaur's exoskeleton-like. Um, and it is like a remarkable, remarkable detail in this. Um, when you stop and think this was literally millions of years ago, 
even if you think the Earth was only 6,000 years ago, I can assure you this was millions of years ago uh, that these things existed. And for the quality, the completeness of this find is amazing to me. Um, I would have expected anything uh, past a certain age would literally just have been disintegrated down to nothing. But it, it is really cool. I definitely encourage people to check it out. And this is nationalgeographic.com slash magazine slash 2617 slash just look at the damn notes. It is so much easier to just look at the notes. I know a lot of other podcasters are completely incompetent with the notes. I try to not be completely incompetent with the notes. Um, this is awesome spectacle to look at. Um, there's no way I can do it justice. I, I will say if you're uh, looking at the video at least you'll be able to see like full screen uh, what this looks like. And I'm just going to be quiet because this looks really cool and I need to look at it again. Uh, a carnivore, uh, 18 feet long and 3,000 pounds. That is absolutely insane. Uh, what, well, the one thing I really hope people understand is um, reality is a lot more fascinating and uh insane than anything that people can invent and make up that's one thing i can safely say with my time here on earth is um reality is far far more diverse and far more um just outlandish than any fantasy writer can write um and then coming back down to reality um one of the things i truly truly worry about is um making sure at least my children understand uh all of the different things that they're looking at and here's like an example i'll use when i was a young child i got the crap beat out of me a fair amount um so i'm a little bit numb towards physical violence and it's because it's happened to me uh i don't want to say i've been toughened because of it but i become desensitized to it to at least some degree on both ends i can take pain i can take a lot of pain I can also give a good amount of pain if given the opportunity to do uh, on to others. Um, I was a guy, honestly, even into my 30s, I felt like if I didn't get into a physical altercation every like four or five years, uh, something was wrong. Uh, and so I would literally almost go out of my way every couple of years to get into a physical altercation just to affirm my manhood is what I'll say. Um, and no, it's not good. but. So I at least understand when it comes to the physical body, what I can and can't do, what I can get away with and what I can't. So if something happens uh, at a mall, in a parking lot, whatever, I'm able, I think, to at least defend myself to some degree. I I feel like my kids, I don't know about any other kids, I feel like my kids can't defend themselves from a wet paper bag. Uh, School has become so protective that i don't think it's really plausible or possible to them to get into the types of physical altercations i got into when i was younger i'm not going to say that's a good or bad thing but to relate that to something almost different is when i was young name calling and the like and the ilk only happened in right in front of you somebody's face to your face or via a piece of paper in class and that was really as far as it went well now we have the internet okay the type of bullying the type of false information the type of research the type of information the type of fact finding the type of every type of thing you can consume has completely changed the dynamic has completely changed uh subject matter expert 
means something completely different, you know what I mean, versus then and now. Uh, we had a library we went to to look up information. What was presented to us was nothing. What was presented to us was Saturday morning cartoons, Joker's Wild, Golden Girls, Knight Rider, and that was about it. Where now the kids can go onto YouTube and they have anything they've ever imagined given to them in infinitely. It will just keep coming. It will keep coming. And that's just the way it is. But one of the things I'm going to uh, make sure my kids watch, and the reason I say that is they haven't watched it yet, is because it isn't done yet. It's still a work in progress. This is a YouTube series from Crash Course called Navigating Digital Information, which I do think is uh, going to become a tact, a trait, a ability. Um, for many years, I told my coworkers that my job title should be Senior Internet Research Specialist 2. I always said two because, you know, two gets paid more than one. Uh, senior, because I've been at this at a while. Internet research, I know how to find stuff. Specialist, I know how to find the right stuff on the internet. And, and that's what I felt like my ability was when I was dealing with computers, when I was dealing with help desk, when I was dealing with coding, when I was dealing with anything, I was able to find the information I was able to find quicker than I believe the average fella could, or even they couldn't find it at all. And I could. So I feel like I have some, at least ability to circumnavigate the internet's girth of information and pick out the stuff that is good, is accurate, is helpful, is needed. They don't, I think, even understand even remotely what the internet is because to them, the internet is primarily literally just YouTube. Um, I do believe it's very easy to say if this trend continues in less than 10 years, easily 80% of everything happening on the internet will happen on YouTube or Facebook, and that's it, um, because that's just where I see people going. Um, back in the day, we had insane numbers of websites competing every second for our attention. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. There's only a couple. I don't like when we don't have choice. I don't like when we don't have competition. Um, so uh, this series right now is on episode four, I want to say. I don't know how many they plan on having, but typically on crash course videos, I don't think I've seen shorter than 10 videos in a playlist. And I do believe I've seen playlists go into the 40s. Um, I think they're going to basically take this series to its natural conclusion, which I'm almost jealous about because I did have more than a couple ideas in the past of doing a podcast that literally had just a set number of shows. And then those shows would be basically freeze framed hypothetically, let's just say 16 shows. And that's all I needed to discuss this topic in what I thought a complete cipher, a complete 360 view of that topic, and it would be 16 shows. The logic was then every 17th week, the RSS feed would start over. And then week one would appear, and then a week later, the week two episode would appear. And it would keep going for 16 weeks. And then week 17, it would reset back to episode one. Um, because I do think, because there's people out there all the time finding podcasts, it would be a smart idea to let them start the podcast at episode one and then have the natural progression. Here's the content. Boom. 16 episodes later, you're done. Move on. 
Uh, Crash Course seems to be doing that in video form, but it's basically just you find one of the videos, you then click on playlist, you go through the playlist, you can then watch all of them. Um, navigating digital information, I think, is the kind of thing that you have to tell somebody. And in the very first episode, these a fantastic example. Okay, disclaimer. The uh, person who's presenting this video to you is John Green. John Green does not completely hide his political views because he, he does not try to hide some of his opinions about things. Um, you might agree with those things. You might completely disagree with those things. But what I encourage you to do is to try to look past those little n nuances he throws out there of his opinions and his views. And you basically listen to the facts that are said behind this, because whether you agree with him or not, and you listen to the facts, I guarantee you, you are going to think this is good content, good ideals, good ideas, good displays of common sense things. Okay. Navigating digital information, he says, is like you're the old fish swinging by two young fish. And the old fish says, so how is the water? And the two young fish basically just ignore him, swim past and say, what's that stupid guy talking about? The kids don't understand because they've never seen anything else that everything around them is something else. Okay. We technology is often described as what was invented after we were born. So to me, the technology of the internet is a technology to my children. The technology of the internet is just YouTube. They don't understand anything going on in the background. They have no idea about servers. They have no idea about protocols. They have no idea about networks. They have no idea about HTTP, Hypertext Transport, Transport Protocol. They have no idea about any of that. They don't need to. The younger fish don't need to understand that they're surrounded by water, this life-giving substance. So my kids inherently don't understand the basis of how to navigate the digital information sec. So Crash Course Navigating Digital Information by Crash Course. It's right now on episode four. This will be on my U on my Plex server. Again, I'll state, I'll say, if I mention any video that you have a trouble finding or you cannot access or you're just interested in my not normal blend of YouTube and video content, just go create a free Plex account uh, and I'll give you access to all my stuff. And you'll see there's some uh, there's some different stuff out there that I tend to download and I don't have a chance to watch everything just yet. But I definitely, I think, have a different uh, viewpoint of what I call video entertainment than uh, other people. There's no Marvel or DC or Doctor Who on my uh, Plex server. Um, there's some, I will admit there's some supernatural, but I swear it's for the wife. Um so yeah, that's what I have at least on my uh, Plex server and a uh, crash course. I have more than a couple crash course uh, playlists on there. And honestly, I think they're better than average content I see on YouTube. Okay. What I want to talk about next is honestly, I think it's really needed. I will say no one will need to go follow the URL unless you need assistance in doing this. But I used to state over and over again that applications that had a plugin architecture that allowed individuals to code and upload to a shared repo were always the winners in software, whether it was um, Firefox back in the day had, had their uh, plugins that people like created all kinds of stuff. 
whether it was a uh, Grease Monkey plugin, ad block. I mean, it just went on and on and on and on. The number of things you could implement via a plugin. Uh, Thunderbird has plugins, and really, the functionality you can get out of these plugins is literally insane. Um, Notepad++ has plugins. There's a lot of really successful applications that have plugin architectures. Well, uh, the day has basically come, and I say that because the day is coming. But we need to, as users, start now to at least investigate and audit what we do. Um, we should all at least be aware that uh, we've had plenty of services and plenty of people tell us how we need to go into our Twitter account or our Google account and check who or what services have access to our information, um, which I do agree is a really good thing. But I think we're going to need to start to also... Uh, go into our uh, browsers and check what plugins have access to our browser because we only need one or two or three plugin authors to grow tired of this or be offered enough money to sell basically the keys to the kingdom over to them. Um, so we're going to have to start to at least look at the plugins that are installed on a repetitive basis and see, like, the last time the plugin was updated is another thing. Um, so what I'm going to start to do is basically every six months, I'm going to uh, have a scheduled task, a reminder pop me up every six months. And I'm going to go into my browsers and see what plugins I have, uh, my Google Apps account, uh, my Google account, my Twitter account, what is linked to there, and then basically prune them. Uh, get rid of old cruft kind of thing because you never know when a plugin is going to go bad. Um, uh, all it's going to take is one popular browser plugin to be sold to somebody nefarious, and that person will then have the ability to basically monitor your web traffic, send a whole lot of information back to them. And it could even maybe be as bad as capturing your keystrokes, which would be maybe the worst thing. But it's only going to get worse. And that's what I'm going to tell people right now. It's only going to get worse. The only plus I can tell you to browsers like Chrome on uh, mobile is there's no plugin architecture. Uh, I have seen Unwanted Wear install itself into the cache of that browser. But that was the worst of it. We we're with Firefox on mobile. And, of course, Firefox and Chrome and everything on the desktop you can install all kinds of plugins. So the two things I would definitely encourage people to do is A, uninstall every plugin you do not need. If you don't think you've needed it more than once in the last six months, get rid of the damn thing. But two, you have to then also do your due diligence, go back to that plugin repo, either the Chrome Web Store or the Firefox add-on website, and look the last time the plugin was updated. And if it was more than, you know, six, eight months ago, you might want to ask yourself, is this a plugin I really need? Because browsers do really dangerous stuff. There's always new exploits found. There's always new holes found. Uh, so if, if somebody's not keeping their code up to date on their plugin, expect it sooner or later to be compromised and to be taken advantage of and to be uh, basically due to do some nefarious and very bad things. Um in the same mindset, the very next thing is phishingquiz.withgoogle.com. And yes, it is PH phishing. Uh, this is a URL that I firmly, honestly, truly believe needs to be shared with basically everybody who works at any kind of company, um, only because it only takes any 
chain is only as strong as the weakest link. It only takes one employee inside of a domain to click one bad link to have everything go bad instantly. That's how security works. So this is the kind of link I really do believe needs to be shared uh, between a lot of different companies in every company organization kind of thing. And I will say there was more than a couple of places I shared this link where people were like, I'm not clicking that. And where institutions where I posted this at immediately took it down thinking it was something bad because, you know, it's called phishingquiz.withgoogle.com. Well, it's technically not put out by Google, but it kind of is. Google's parent company is Alphabet. Alphabet has a company called Jigsaw. Jigsaw put this out. So it's basically people in cooperation with Google put this up and put this out. And it's basically a quiz. It's like an eight-question questionnaire where you go through and your job is to identify, is this or is this not a phishing attack? I am not going to click through it because if anybody's watching the video, you got to do it yourself. I ain't giving you any advice. I will tell you, I did have many years of experience to train me for this. I was really mad. I only got a seven out of eight. Uh, the one that I did, uh, I tagged as a false positive. I said it was phishing, uh, but it wasn't. And here's the thing. It's always better to be safer than sorry. Um, I've seen a lot of bad emails. There's no doubt. I've been almost fished a dozen times to where I hover my mouse over the link and I think and I think and I think and I think and I draw back and then I come back an hour later. Then I'm able to see the fish and I don't do it. I've gotten really close more than a couple of times and there's no shame in doing it. I've done it. Uh, you know, luckily for me uh, now, 20 years ago when it wasn't that big of a deal or all you had to do was literally just commonsensically pull the power cord on your computer and it wouldn't have been as bad as soon as you clicked the button, which I did do once. I do remember with my Windows 95 days, I clicked the link and as soon as I clicked that link, I knew I clicked the wrong link and I just leaned over as quick as I could and I just unplugged the computer, which of course caused an error on the hard drive, which I had to run a scan disk, which I had to wait. And then it, the operating system did come back up and running, uh, but the worst did not happen because I did that. Um, so I definitely encourage people phishingquiz.withgoogle.com. This link will be in the notes. Uh, check it out. Do the test. Send it to your significant other, your children's, your parents, your friends. I'm not going to say send it to your coworkers. You might want to send it to your domain administrators or your support staff and say, hey, maybe we should share this out. But don't just send it to coworkers uh, on work email because, you know, might not end up good because people are dumb. Um, the last link I want to talk about the Cy Stebbins stack. I had to literally stop and listen to that video because the alliteration I knew was going to drive me mad. Cy Stebbins stack. And this is a stack of cards that when you fan it out to individuals, it really does look like a random stack of cards. But anybody with a trained eye or anybody who's seen it before will see the pattern that in that is, that is involved. And it's the kind of pattern where once you teach yourself it, you can basically have anybody cut the cards almost as much as they want kind of thing. And you'll be able to tell what card is came previous, what karma is, card is coming next, AKA be able to like seem to have magic powers. Um, and this is the kind of thing I really wanted to show my kid. I did. He had a, he really was 
interested by it. And it caused, it was the kind of thing where he was able to have more knowledge than people around him, or he had knowledge that people weren't aware that he could know. Um, this was a really interesting video. I, I, I am not going to be able to say this with enough love. I'm going to say Michael Stevens. If you don't know the name, Michael Stevens, you are missing out on countless hours of YouTube content. Yes. Some of it is stupid, but that's the internet. Hey, welcome to the internet. Some of this is going to be stupid. Uh, Michael Stevens was literally invited to the white house on more than one occasion. Uh, on one of those occasions, he was basically invited in about science advisement, the internet information and education. He was brought in to basically be asked questions about how do you think things should be done? Um, I really like his presentation style. I really like his approach. I really like his level of intelligence, but most importantly, I really understand and like his, his tact of communication because intelligence is nothing if you don't stop every once in a while and think. doesn't matter how smart you are. If you don't stop and think once in a while, it's pointless, okay? Intelligence is nothing if it isn't the act of communicating intelligence. You can be as intelligent as you want to be. If you do not communicate that, you are an idiot, and everyone around you thinks you're an idiot, and there's nothing that can be done to prove them wrong, okay? Michael Stevens has a very good ability to communicate intelligence in such a way that he not only makes you immediately understand what he's talking about, but he also makes it immediately obvious for you how to communicate that very same thing to somebody else. I don't know how he does it, but he does it really damn good. Uh, this is on the Dong channel. Do online now guys channel uh but he basically has vsauce he is the owner of vsauce is what i can gather vsauce vsauce 2 vsauce 3 dong there's a couple more oddball channels off on the side um but like vsauce 2 and 3 are basically manned by other people but they have a similar um similar thirst uh that they have between the three of them where they just want this in information gathering and spreading between them um they, they all three do a really good job is what i'm going to say uh but this is a really good video but most importantly a very 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 well laid out video i'm really happy to say right now it's number 15 on trending um that seeing that kind of thing literally makes me giddy but here's the other thing i want other people to know if you know anybody out there doing youtube videos i want you to send them to this video and then have them, if they already know of this guy, take a notice. There's no intro in this video. There's no three second. There's no five second. There's no 15 second. There's no 30 second. There's no minute and a half intro. And then stupid blankety, blankety, blank intro scene with a graphic and a moving graphic and a sound effect to bring people into the channel. Mental invalids like intros, mental invalids like two to three minute intros to video. People's time is money. Just get to the information. We don't need to see your fancy graphic. We do not need to hear crazy stuff. We do not need to see crazy stuff. We do not need to hear a five minute explanation about what we're going to see. That's the one thing that really drives me absolutely but not to be crazy. Can you tell about YouTube? Stop telling me what I'm getting ready to see and just show me it already. Time is money. I'm old. I ain't getting younger. 
this stuff is just driving me nuts. So when I see a Vsauce video where they basically slam right into the content and then I see it's trending number 15, it really makes me feel good. If you want to at the end, you can say, this video has been by blah, 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 blah. I want to thank everybody for watching. If you want to watch more, hang smash that subscribe button. Stop saying it at the beginning of videos. People who do YouTube are the stupidest people I've ever met in my life. And what I mean by that is, the videos I seem to come across and the videos I seem to be shown by my wife and the videos I seem to click in chats and the videos I seem to have my children watching are made by the stupidest things that have ever existed in all history of mankind. It is amazing. Uh, you know, thankfully, I have to believe with 48 plus hours of content being updated every split second, that means there's also really smart content, really good economist videos on YouTube, really smart lectures where they're talking about the complexity of the universe, really good lectures about quantum mechanics, really good explanations of light, the speed of light, what is our best possible way to you know get to 10% the speed of light, and not just Stupid people talking about stupid things and worst of case taking three minutes just to get to the damn point. We don't try to do that here at Podnuts. We've never tried to do that at Podnuts. We are what we are. We are first and foremost normal people for normal people. We are not journalists. We are not advertisement agency uh, marketing people just worrying about clicks we don't want to tell people how many subscribers we have just to try to get some kind of content deal on we don't constantly berate other people uh who who like contest us we don't fight for clicks we don't try to convince advertisers we are more important than we actually are we are first and foremost out for the listeners um i know that might not seem shocking but let me reassure you 90 percent of the people out there doing content are doing it for themselves they're trying to make money off of it they're trying to make a livelihood off of it they really don't want to even communicate with most listeners uh i've had more than a couple of people email me in the last year when i replied to an email one of the first things they say is they cannot believe i actually replied to an email um podnuts is people talking to people we're not standing on a soapbox. We're not talking down to anybody. We're not lecturing to anybody. We're not trying to, to belittle anybody. We are just another chain in a community of people. Those people listen to Podnuts, and that's just how it is. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to say out loud uh, Sunday nights. I will say I don't have to go to work this Monday. Um Sunday nights, I think, will look better than normal nights. Uh, if you want to partake, if you want to hang out, if you want to watch us live, if you want to ask questions, if you want to talk to me during these shows, I'm going to try to make them every Sunday night. If you're already a Patreon member, you should have gotten an email before this show. If you subscribe to this on YouTube, you should have already got a notification or an email. If you're in the um, Mattermost server, you um, would have had to been active to see it. Next week, I'll do a... Uh, at here, I believe it is in Discord. Do it at here as well. Uh, and anyone who is active on the server at that time will get a notification. Uh, in IRC, I'll just post it because that's just what it is. Um, and all you got to do is just have, um, if you set a uh, 
um, trigger event on IRC on DDG, all one word, DDG, then you should get a notification for it as well. I will thank everyone for their support. I will thank everyone for the assistance. I will thank everyone for the sanity. I will thank everyone for the love I've gotten. I love everybody. Thank you guys very much. And I will definitely talk to you guys again really soon. My name is Jeff Halish. I am the host of Podnuts, the Computer Repair Podcast, where we take live calls on the air to answer your questions on running and operating your computer repair business every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check it out over at podnuts.com forward slash computer repair podcast live. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.